Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Whitley, and you're tuned in to another Wondering Whitley session. Y'all have a standard, and don't be afraid to live by it, die by it. Don't be afraid to implement it and stand beside it. And if you're anything like me and you've had to learn how to have a standard, learn what a standard is, learn that it's okay to have it and learn what it feels like to enforce it and, you know, see people not agree with it, not like it, not um, approve of it, kind of fall off or get mad at you because of it. Like that's, that's hard and that's a process but it's absolutely necessary to your peace of mind. It's absolutely necessary to your evolution and your growth. And it's absolutely necessary to you becoming a woman that you can respect. Not about other people can respect because that comes with it. But that you can look in the mirror and you don't have to regret. Should I have done this? Should I have done that? I wish I would have done that or why or why did I let them run over me or take advantage or, you know, I should have been harder, like all of those things. Now, implementing your standard at first may make you feel guilty a little bit because we're just not used to it'll feel mean or feel like we're doing too much. But after a while, you'll realize you a lot more peaceful because. There are boundaries you're not constantly allowing people to cross and you then have built like this fortress around you that allows you to be strong and strengthened. And it doesn't mean that you can't be malleable. It doesn't mean that you can't be flexible and adaptable with people. But it means that you don't bend at everybody else's will or their suggestions or what they want. And you know that that doesn't work for you. And it works in so many areas, of course, especially in relationships, but also in your job, you know, with other people like people know, you know, this is a line you can't cross. Or if you do like this is my rule, this is my standard, this is this is what's happening. And I think this is important just to say, I don't think I'll be here on here long because I'm reminding myself of that every single day, like Whitley, it's okay to have a standard. It's actually necessary. And I've been patting myself on the back lately because I've been challenged with my standard in personal relationships, even at my job, you know, so just to see myself stand on what is best for me and what I know is right and not waver or not cower down because someone challenges it, that feels good. And I'm able to sleep well rested and peaceful at night knowing like, this is how I operate. This is how I do things. This is a part of who I am. And the people who are right for me, the things that are supposed to go, how they're supposed to go, that are supposed to flow, they're going to flow into my life and they're going to respect what I got going. 
They may not like it at first. They may not be used to it, but they're going to adjust. And if they don't want to adjust, then they're going to fall off. And rightfully so. I want them to fall off. I want them to not be apart. I want them to feel uncomfortable because no longer do I want to feel like I need to make myself uncomfortable or stay small or stay in this box or this shell of what other people want me to be in order to make them feel comfortable where they are. Like, I can't risk that because <laughs> then I'm going to live with the regret of not becoming my full expression just so other people can feel comfortable in their own ignorance or in their own lack of growth or their own process, which has nothing to do with me. I had a, uh, we had parent teacher conferences tonight and during the middle of one of my conferences, I was at the end of it. We got to have them over zoom. Thank God. My, my principal calls me. And for some reason I already knew what she was calling me for. And she was like, Miss Green, I'm calling you about a student. And I named the student. She was like, yeah, did you talk to his parent like last week or something? I said, I did. And I figured she would call you. She was like, well, tell me what happened because she telling me this, this, that. And I was like, I gave her the whole rundown. I said, you know, call my principal's name. I said, you know, this class in particular, I was like, they're good kids. They just talk a lot. And I said, in my class, you know, it's dance. It's an open space. So I get it. You know, they want to come in there and run and play. So I don't address everything. But one thing I always tell them is when I say stop talking, that's what it needs to be. And I said this class in particular, I was like, they already behind. I already see them only three days a week with my other sixth grade class. I see them every day. Another one, I see them two days a week, but even they are farther along than this class. I see three days a week. I said, and that's because they talk a lot. I said, they not bad. They just talk at the wrong time. They just be talk, 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 talk. But I cut that short, but I'm just elaborating this for y'all. But I was like on Wednesday, because we weren't in school on Monday. I said on Wednesday, because uh, this started a new semester, I was like, I, I knew I had to nip this in the bud. Like I couldn't continue to sit the semester like this. And I said, Usually I'm always threatening that I'll call parents, but I was like, that's been on me because I usually never fall through on it. Not because, you know, I'm scared to call parents. I just don't be wanting to, like, especially about talking because I feel like that's something I should be able to handle in my classroom. But I've learned that sometimes you got to make an example out of students. So I said, you know, I told them on Wednesday, I said, Hey, I'm going to start calling parents. I guess they thought they was I was playing. So on Friday, we're doing a test. So I'm recording them doing these dances because they're so behind. So now I'm using this as a as a test, as a gauge, because they talk a lot, but then they be lost about the movement we've been working on since last semester. And I told them all the time, them two don't go together. So I was like, Miss Lockwood, I got a video of me videoing these students in they like I'm hearing a whole conversation by half the class they didn't even know I stopped recording and I'm sitting there typing names of parents I'm gonna sit there and call and the student's mom that you're talking about he was one of them 
So I stopped the class. I said, y'all can go change and go to y'all seats. And I started calling parents one by one. I said, if there's 10 students in that class, I called about nine of their parents. She was like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, he was one of them. I said, he's not a bad kid. I said, that class just talks a lot. And I said, when I called his mom in particular, I get on the phone with her and this is all I said. I said, hey, I'm just giving you a courtesy call that, you know, your son's grade was affected today because he was being disruptive by talking in my class. And she was like, ain't you the dance teacher? I said, yes, ma'am. She was like, so you call it. And, she, and I was like, and I guess she was talking to somebody in the back. She telling, she telling somebody in the back, the dance teacher calling me talking about, I'm not going to say the student's name, was talking in a dance class. Like starting to, and my principal like, what? <laughs> and I said, yes, like that's how she talking to me. But I'm letting her, I'm letting her ride because I know she, you know, she feeling some type of way and she also kind of ghetto because I've met her in person before. And I was like, you know, I said, yes, I said, this is still a structure. And before I said that, my principal said the exact thing. This is still a structured environment. I said, thank you. I said, that's exactly what I told her. I said, this is not the rec center. I said, I still have a class to run. So if I'm asking them to stop talking so I can give directions or so everybody knows what's going on, like it don't like it don't warrant him to keep talking because this is a dance class. She was like, well, did you ask him what he's talking about? And I'm baffled because she's really asking me this. Like I'm I'm confused. And I said, I don't really care what he was talking about. If I ask the child to stop talking in my classroom, that's the end of the conversation. And my principal, like, it, she she finishing my sentences. And she was like, Miss Green, you ain't got to tell me nothing else. I, I got your back. And, you know, you ain't going to hear about this again, which I already knew. But with the parent, she kept going on and on. She was just like, well, maybe we need to have a one-on-one. -on -one because I've heard about her as a parent anyway. Like, other teachers felt bullied by her. And they don't be wanting to call her. I don't really care because I don't fear nobody. So I said, okay, like we can't have a one-on-one. -on -one. And she was like, well, maybe we need to bring the principal. And I said, that'd be a great idea because my principal knows how I run my class. So maybe you can bring her in. So I guess she called her on her own time. This happened on Friday. <laughs> so my principal is calling me today. And I was like, and she was like, oh yeah, she can continue to call me. Thank you for letting me know, Miss Green. I said, you're welcome and thank you for calling me. <laughs> I'll tell my principal that, but... My principal know how I run my class, but I give y'all that example because I could have backed down and I told her at the end of the conversation, hey, at the end of the day, your students still got a 50 for their daily grade today because I didn't get to finish my class. So that's 25 points off for physical participation. That's another 25 off for professionalism, which is in my course syllabus that I sent you three times at the beginning of the school year and my rubric that they grade every single week and I send it to y'all. She ain't had nothing else to say. She was like, oh, okay, I just want to make sure you ain't picking on him. I was like, ma'am, I'll talk to you later. And if you got any questions, you can email me. <laughs> like, I, but I take that situation, you know, even with talking to my principal and I laugh at it right now, but that was a prime example is that I operated my class with a standard and I don't care who don't like it. I don't care who don't agree with it because I have a class to run. And if I don't have any type of standard, then I can't do that. I even had parents 
coming in and out of the conference today like, yeah, such and such come home and show me the dances. They always talk about how you be getting on the students about what they need to wear. They was like, you say the same thing every day. And she was and one of the parents was like, I love that, that you, you know, you're a stickler even about them dressing out like you don't let up on that. And I was like, I don't, you know, so. Those things don't go unnoticed. And the reason I'm a stickler about things that I can really just let go is because the things that I that I believe that I need a standard for, they give me peace and they give me structure and they always give me something to fall back on. The reason I could be confident with this parent and not go back and forth or not say, well, it was just talking. He don't. Because the standard was set, I communicated it. I wrote it down. My principal know how I operate. The students know how I operate. So whatever conversation you want to have, what I said is not changing. And I, to me, that's just one example. But I've been learning that even in relationships, I was dating this guy and uh, we stopped dating a while back. But, you know, in his mind. You know, he even told me at one point, you know, I just I just feel like I should still have access to you because we were cool. And I'm like, you know, and I'm and I, I didn't see anything wrong with the statement at first because I was like, he is cool. Like, I wouldn't mind being his friend. And so I learned that uh, I don't really like keeping men as friends in my life who I have a past with. I've just learned that about myself as a woman. And that's another conversation for another session that we'll talk about. And I'll tell y'all my feelings of, you know, more in depth of why I feel that way. But I just learned, you know, as a woman and just as somebody who's in a season of, you know, opening myself up to something serious, something clear, something that's focused, something that's intentional. Having men hang around in my life under the guise of friendship, especially if we already got some type of history, like we've already dated and stuff like that, to me, that just invites some type of chaotic energy that I'm just in a space that I don't want. And so I had to communicate this to this, to this, to this man. And, you know, he's still, you know, he'll still pop in every now and then, even though I'd ignore him, he'll still DM and, you know, do those type of things to keep his presence known. And most recently he sent me a, um, a video, like a video meme. And he thought it was real funny. And if it was sent under the proper context, I probably would have laughed or giggled at it, but I didn't think it was appropriate. I didn't think it was funny. So I blocked him. And I think that 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 gesture was just, you know, just gave me all the reason, all the more reason to do what I was probably going to do anyway, because I've done every other guy like that, that I have a past with, like they don't have that type of access to me, but I just blocked them and I attribute that to the standard that I'm cultivating when it comes to relationship. If my standard is that I don't keep men around as friends that I got to pass with, then all of my behaviors and everything surrounding my, you know, anybody having access to me needs to fall in line with that. 
So even though that one thing, it wasn't as bad for him to get blocked like that, but I just think that that was the catalyst for me to really step into my own standard, which I feel like when it comes to men and relationships, I do that kind of a lot slower than I do when it comes to my work. Um, and I'm just, and I'm aware of that. I'm aware of um, my strengths and weaknesses in that area, because I think when it comes to relationships, well, I start when I think when it comes to my work, it's more like um, I feel like I can control more in that environment, in that space. And I feel more skilled. I feel more knowing. Whereas when it comes to relationships, I've had to learn not just other people or a thing. It's more so learning about myself and being confident that whatever standard I want to set for me, whatever is true to me, whatever is real for me, whatever I want to um However, I want to show up. I just have to own it. And when I own it 100 percent, I have to trust that. The people who are going to love me for me and accept me for me and, and like and adjust to what I have to offer and how I show up, they're going to do that. But if I stay in this place of playing small, of always compromising and not owning who I am, how I really am, what I like, what I dislike, what's okay with me, what I think is funny, what I don't. I'm going to keep having people around who can come into my life and do anything, do anything. And I just kind of adjust and I'll be okay with it. And I'm really not okay with it. So with relationships, it's taken me longer to make those type of adjustments. Like I remember dating men early on or even just kind of being in situationships and a man would do something that I just felt like okay if you told me you was gonna call me and you didn't or you told me you was gonna come at a certain time and you come like two hours later even if it was just us hanging out and I had nothing to do it'll be times where I felt a ways but I wouldn't say anything you know I wouldn't check it and of course, I continue to get that type of behavior. Like, so I've had to learn that Whitley, if you have an urge to say something, check something, to put something like on the table and say, okay, that's not okay with me. Trust that when you do that, either that person is going to, re as long as you say it respectfully, but you're direct. And it's coming out of a place of self-love like that person is either going to respect what you have to say and they're going to make an adjustment or they're going to hear you and they're going to fall off because they're not willing to make those type of adjustments for you or they're not willing to grow in that area and they're not willing to make that adjustment for anybody. But either way, you got the truth of who they are and if they're in alignment with where you are. And that's what I'm coming to understand, which is common sense when I think about, well, that's what happens in my work environment. Like, it makes sense because I, I see that path being cleared and made when I'm in my work setting. Like when I have a standard, I don't back down, like how things just come and meet me where I am. Like it's either this or it's not. But when it comes to relationships, I was just much more hesitant to 
stand my ground and stand on what I knew I wanted and what I knew I deserved and what I knew I liked or disliked or spoke on things that, you know, I know I need to speak on, ask the questions I wanted to ask rather than stay silent because I didn't want to rock the boat or I didn't want to come off a certain way. I'm learning that I rather do all of that, all those things that I used to fear and know for certain if this person has to has the capacity to be in my life because this is the truth of who I am then have people hang around to the shell of who I am and then those moments when I'm expressing my truest self they like who is she she always used to laugh at this very inappropriate thing that may be slightly degrading to her like she always used to just go along with me saying I would do this and I didn't and I eventually did it on my own time but she let me slide she always used to like that's what happens when we don't have a standard or when we have a standard but we don't stand by it and oftentimes when we don't stand by the standard it's just because we don't feel worthy of it we don't feel like we deserve what comes with having that high standard we don't feel deserving or worthy of having people meet us on the level that we are. We think that we have to teach and grow and wait on everybody to come up. And it's like, nah, like the same way I had to grow and make sacrifices and be intentional about my growth in order to get here is the same way you got to put in that work if you want to be where I am, if you're not there. And it don't make me better than you or that I'm looking down on you. It's just that I'm growing in this area of my life. And so if you want to be in my life, then you're going to have to grow in this area. Because if not, like, we can't relate how we used to relate because I'm not there anymore. And I think we have to be okay with, like, continuing to make those adjustments. And I know if you're listening to this the the wandering whitley podcast like i talk about things like that all the time so i know that you're seeking growth you're in a place where you're seeking growth where you're seeking knowledge where you're trying to be your best self and so if you're trying to be your best self you can't be afraid to speak on things when they when they're not right you can't be afraid to have a standard even if everybody around you don't have one. You can't be afraid to work with a level of excellence and show up as your best self. Even if everybody else want to coast and, you know, be mediocre, you can't be afraid to ask those questions that may ruffle feathers or that may rock the boat. If it means getting the truth, you can't be afraid of that. And I'm, and I'm really talking to myself, but I'm reminding myself this more and more and when I see myself do it, I just I, I stand in awe of myself because a year ago, like I was still sitting on the fence of my own standards. I was still wavering back and forth, knowing I wanted to stand tall in them, but not having the confidence when it came to like, oh, I see when I said that, like that upset this person. It don't matter how respectful I said it. It don't matter how nice I was about it, like they didn't like me being real like that. I even do this with my, you know, with my dancers. Like I'm very real. Like I'll say something like, Hey, 
like that's not working for me or you know hey I had to um cut a dancer today and we're almost in in show week I said hey you were a no call no show at a rehearsal that I told y'all was very important before we went into spacing so I get it that you're emailing me now but you're now an understudy if you don't want to do that that's cool too I think you know the run we had was good but if you're still okay with being an understudy because you're saying it's a lot on your plate you can still show up but for now you won't be dancing in the show unless I need you as a replacement and I ain't squinting out once sending that email and I've had to have that conversation in in person and in the past I'd have been like man it's almost showtime I would have Knowing that I, I I wanted to have my standard and stand by it, but I've gained way more confidence in saying, "Hey, this is this is this is me. This is how I operate, and I meant what I said." So while and I had to learn too, while I can be understanding of people's situations, because sometimes people come at you with their situations, their dilemmas. They life hangups and they make you feel bad. And what I realized, and I keep saying this in past episodes, that we always have to remember two things can be true at once. And I had to learn that me having my standard and me loving myself can be true, that I can still be empathetic. And being empathetic to someone's situation doesn't always mean giving them what they want. But but being understanding like, hey, I know you and your family are having a rough time and I'm 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 sorry about that. And if you need support in any other way, let me know. At the same time, this is still the decision I'm making about your placement in this job, in this piece, in this work, in my life. While I can understand this is where you are, this is where I am, and this is what I said, and this is what I want, and this is what I need to still operate at my highest level. And I've had to, and that understanding has been a game changer. That one right there has been a game changer. That empathy doesn't always look like being like, oh, and doing like I, especially being a teacher, and I'm a teacher on a college level. I get so many, I was sick and this, this and that. And I go over my late policy to the T and it never fails. Every semester I'm having to say the same thing in emails. Hey, I understand this, but this is something you could have communicated. It's been two weeks and I'm just now hearing from you. Go back to my recording from week one and week two. You coming to me two weeks later? No, we're not making this up. I'm sorry you really had a rough time. I'm sorry that you fell into this, you know, place where you felt like no communication was okay. But that don't work for me, you know, and I've had to find myself doing that. And at first I feel like I was mean, but it's it's giving me a lot more peace. It's giving me the ability to function at the level that I want to function at. It's giving me the ability to keep my same mind whereas when I kept trying to compromise and accommodate everybody who would come with a complaint or a sob story not just even in teaching or they would come to me with a situation or I would try to be understanding that okay this this person didn't grow up seeing communication in a household and I'm giving everybody the benefit of the doubt and I'm making decisions 
about their placement in my life or their ability to do something based on my empathy, I was always in the losing seat because they would continue to do that behavior or I attracted more people who would take advantage of me showing the empathy in the way that they wanted to show it. Whereas I had to understand that I can show empathy and be understanding of someone else's situation, where they are, what they had, what they didn't have, their current plight in life, their past plight in life, while I can still put my needs at the forefront as well. And then decide how I'm going to accommodate whatever you need. Like, hey, I can see you not ready for a relationship. I can see that you know, communicate in this type of way, you know, it's just not your thing right now. And I don't fault you for that. I ain't even mad, but I got to move on because this is what I want in my life right now. I know that you had a tough time. I know that, you know, this wasn't working out for you, but I got to make this decision. I've already closed this. I've already graded a hundred students. I'm not going back and opening up this book. So... I love y'all so much. I just wanted to come on here and remind you, set a standard, have a standard, and stick by it. See you in the next one.